no one like Jesus, amen. Nobody like our Lord. He's great, and he's greatly to be praised. He's greatly to be praised without anybody pressuring you to praise him. He's great to be praised, and we're praising God today for who he is, for who he is, for who he is. He's a mighty God. He is our Lord, our God, and our King. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. Praise God. I often say that I praise God and I serve God for who he is, for what he has done. And I don't just wait to get to the household of God to praise him and to worship him. It's a lifestyle. Sometimes we praise God because people are watching us and they want the, we want them to see us praising God. But when you can praise God in your house, all by yourself, when nobody else is watching you, you praise God because we love Him. He tells us to praise Him and to make a joyful noise, to be thankful for all that He has done for us. And I just think about 2019, all that I have come through because of the grace of God. And I give Him all the glory and I give Him all the praise that is due His name. Amen. Amen. So we have to learn how to praise God in spite of. Praise God because he's worthy. Praise God because he is God. Amen. Amen. And we have to depend on him totally for everything. Not for some things, but for everything. We thank God for our life, for our health, for our strength, for being in our right minds. We thank God for everything. Even when we're going through bad things, God, because we know he's going to bring us through. Amen. Amen. So we praise God for all things. So I don't just serve God because he's always doing great things for me. But even when I'm in the bad things and the going between things, he always brings me through. So we just want to thank God for that on today. Thank God for you who are in the house of God today. And we, I, I often say we serve God and, and not people. God is the one that uh, I worship and I adore him. So I don't have to have people to praise God, amen. I don't have to have people to worship God because I'm worshiping him and not people. So I praise God because God is our source, amen. We've got to realize he is our source. And without him, we cannot do anything. Everything is because of him. So I thank God for you that's here on today. And it's just awesome how close we are to 2020, huh? But God has brought us through and we're still standing we thank God for the Lane family, for Sister Shirley. And one thing about Sister Shirley, she did not stay home. I tell you, she's here. She's been here. And this is where you come for your help, to get your help. And also, Sister Otis, and just the whole family, Sister Ruby, we just thank God for you and such a wonderful service on yesterday. Praise God. And we're going to continue to pray for you because we know that's just the first step. But there is some time for grieving. I want to encourage you to go ahead and grieve and cry. And when you're by yourself, let the tears just flow and just cry it out. Because there is a healing process. Amen. We've been made and do for a night. But joy comes when? In the morning. So we know that there's a process and there's a hurting time. But we know God is still where he is still on the throne. And thank all of you for a wonderful job you've done all year long. 
Thank you for supporting Pastor Banks and being here for him and Sister Marisa. I thought, well, when I finish, I'll be finished, but thank God I still have an open door. Amen. So I said I can still teach the word and be a help to those who are still in the process of learning and becoming pastors. Is that good? So they are on, um, they had a trip. They were wanting to be back today, but uh, it didn't work out like that with all the weather and the different things that's going on. So we pray for their safe return home. Is that good? And thank God for you who have been so faithful down through the years. I mean, the, uh, you ushers, you did a wonderful job on yesterday. Give yourself a big hand clap. Amen. A wonderful job on yesterday. And I just love seeing the men on the floor working and had their nice black suits on and just working so untimely. I just thank you for that. And Sister Hollis, they did a good job emceeing. Excellent job. So, you know, the body of Christ is just one big family. It doesn't matter what church you go to, just one big family. We all love Sister Carla, right? All raised here in the household of faith with us. And all the members that I saw yesterday were just a blessing, huh? Members of CCC, I thank God for that. So we're just one big happy family. And that's what the body of Christ is, one big happy family, loving each other and doing so. We're here today to magnify his name and to bless the name of Jesus. So everybody that worked, I just thank you so very much for even uh, sharing your offers. I just thank you for everything, amen? Because God is just so good to us. He didn't have to do it, but I just thank God that he's here to bless us in, in every way that he wants to bless us. So today, I'm going to get into the word of God with you. Are you ready for the word? <clears throat> amen. I'm going to put this away. I have all my Bible scriptures written down. I don't like to take the pages because it takes me too long to find the pages. I just write them all down. <clears throat> so don't think I'm not using the Bible. <laughs> I have the Bible up here on my paper. But I'm going to come uh, with the word of the Lord today. Words of encouragement for us as believers. How many know the Bible is written to believers? And that's so that, he can, so that believers can remain strong. <clears throat> it's, not written to the, it's not written to the sinners. So it's actually talking to us who believe God how to increase our walk with him and how to stay strong in the Lord. How many know we need to stay strong in the Lord? Amen. I often say there's so many people that's against believers that don't believe and so many people who don't believe in Jesus. But we do believe in Jesus. Amen. So we have to find ways to keep ourselves strong and built up. When everything else is coming against us, we have the word of God to stand on. And so today, I just want to do a message on today <clears throat> because we do know what time we're living in, right? Yeah. We're living in the last and evil days. Yeah. Not the last and good days. We're living in the last and evil days. And God showed us how we are to, uh, to be able to stand. So my title today is Escaping Satan's Attractions. Escaping Satan's attraction. How many know the devil is making the world real pretty out there? Just real flashy out there. But as believers, we can't get entangled with that. We have to learn how to escape every temptation. And so I want to talk about the Satan's traps. How many know Satan set traps for people? Especially for the believers. And why does he not really fool with the sinners that much? Why? Because they are already on his territory. We, people have the question so many times when things happen, when bad things happen to believers, they want to know why. Where was God? Well, God is where he's always been. But because we are serving God, Satan does not want us to serve God. 
He wants us to serve him. So he's going to always be after the believers. But we always have weapons against him, amen? And so the people in the world, they just get by, it seems like, with everything because God doesn't take life. Who takes life? Satan does. Satan says, I come to to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So he's not going to try to destroy his own, huh? He's going to come after those that does not belong to him. So we have to make sure we have our weapons really strong and know what we believe in. So I'm going to uh, give you a lot of scriptures today, and I'm going to do some reading to you. So escaping Satan's attraction. There are many attractions and temptation traps in the world set to ensnare you. Darkness has been released, released in a new dimension in the earth, and in many cases, People are stuck, sucked into it Amen. because he's real sneaky with it, you know. Darkness has become militant, trying to force itself upon people in public education, in government, and through certain lifestyles, which the Bible clearly states are ungodly. Amen. They try to make people believe it's all right, see, but we know the Bible says what's ungodly is ungodly. Yet, no matter how wicked the world gets, you can live in pureness and holiness before God. It is a choice you must make. So remember, life is choice-driven, and we live by what the choices that we make. So God is not going to make us serve him. He's not going to make us do right, but we have what? We have to make a choice between right and wrong. So that's where we are now. Satan's attraction is something that draws people into lust. And enticement, which when conceived, result in spiritual death or separation from the life of God. So this is his plan is to separate us from the life of God. So he has things that want to entice us and things that make us want to lust after things of the world. Satan has set many traps to entice, to allure, and to seduce God's people away from him and his light away from victory, away from abundance, away from blessing, peace, and joy. But it is God's will that we, what, escape Satan's uh, attractions. So we got to be aware of his attractions, first of all, right? And so then we have to be able to resist those things because it's, it's out there, it's in our faces, it's in our children's faces, it's on TV, it's everywhere you look. And it looks all good and glamorous, but you got to look behind the thing. And Satan will try to do little things to get you enticed, little things that doesn't seem significant. So, James 1 and 13 says, you might want to just write these down and read them with you later, but James 1 and 13, as you turn in there, says, Let no one say, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by what? By evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So you don't say when you're being tempted, being tempted by God, because he says God does not tempt anyone with evil. James wanted to drive the point home that God never was, uses evil to tempt anyone, to accomplish his purposes or to teach them something. People in the world always say, well, God did that to them to teach them a lesson. God doesn't do evil to us to teach us a lesson. It's always good, Amen. So when you're being tempted, don't say it's God trying to tell you something. It's God trying to teach you something. So that's not God. That's the devil. Verse 14 says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. 
So he's being drawn away by who? By his own desires and enticed. And enticed means to be drawn away to commit sin in violation to God's laws. So I mean, no, God has laws. And so whenever we are being tempted and enticed, it's always Satan going to always use something that's against God. We've got to know what God stands for, amen? And if it's against God, then we should be able to resist lust and temptation. Are you with me? Amen. Verse 15 says, then when desire has been conceived, it gives what? Birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings what? Forth death. So, you know, you, when, when, you, when you conceive something, that means you take it in. And when you take it in, that means it becomes a part of you and then you will yield to it. Then when desires has been conceived, all the, your, all the desires that Satan tried to entice you with, if they've been conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin brings it to full grownness and it brings what? Death. So we don't want to conceive it. So when, you, when things come your way to entice you, what should you do? Push it away. Take the word of God and push it away. You know that's not of God. That's wrong. Don't let it become, get into your heart, into your spirit, that when it gets there, you begin to act on it. But God said, use that word of God to say that I know this is coming from you, so you get on out of here. You have no place here. You got to know when to resist that temptation because it's coming from the devil, and he's not going to ever stop. But you got to know you are the greater one this world on the inside of us than he that lives in the world. Amen. So, when the word of God comes to us and we conceive it in our hearts, that is when we believe it, receive it, and accept it. The same way that Satan acts to get us to conceive. You may be sitting here all day, listening to me all day, but if you never conceive this word that I'm giving out, you're not going to believe it. You're not going to accept it. You're not going to receive it. So you make a home empty because you're not receiving what's been given out to you. That's the same with the devil acts. So the devil keeps at you, at you and wants you to conceive what he's telling you to do. You may not conceive that thing the first time, the devil come back again. And as he keeps coming back, if you don't resist it, then you're going to begin to conceive it. And then you begin to what? Believe it. Well, the word of God works the same way in reverse. The more you hear the word of God, you may not receive it or conceive it the first time. But the more you hear it, it begins what to take place in you. And then you begin to receive, accept it, and walk in it. Does that make sense? So it works both ways. So, sin operates in the same way. Instead of the word, an evil desire arises, you must resist it. And when a person believes it and commits to it, then it is conceived inside of them, resulting in transgression and eventually spiritual death if there is no repentance and turning from sin. So how many know when we fail, all we got to do is what? It's repent. It's God forgive us, you know. So God give us a way out. He knew that we were human. He knew that we would, you know, be tempted. But if we happen to not be able to resist that, when it happens, we have to be able to repent and get rid of it. So God is not saying that I'm going to just make you robots. But he said, I want you to have this thing so down in you that you'll be able to resist anything that Satan will bring you away. Because what? You are full of the what? Full of the word. <clears throat> So what are some of Satan's attractions? And for those who may not know, <coughs> I studied this word because, excuse me, 
on last Sunday, when Reardon invited the choir from South High School, I mean from uh, BHS, they sang to us on last Sunday Christmas songs. And uh, there was one person, I don't mean to make this, but this one person told him, I think it told you, that they had never been in church before. You know, I, they, I've never been in church. I've never been in church. Can you imagine never being in church, never hearing the word, and, and, and almost grown? So if people never hear what we're saying, if they never hear what the Bible is saying, saying that's right and wrong, they don't really know. So people are just doing what they know. They haven't heard the other side of it. And I thought, man, are we really missing this someplace? And I know, I know parents don't raise kids in church like we were raised in church. We were raised in church. So this, we are living in a different generation, a world that has never been raised in church. They don't know what the Word of God says. They don't know how to live. They don't know what, what's right and wrong in the sense of God. You know, we have a sense, but not what this is. So I just want to say, some of the attractions of Satan, and this, these are all in the Bible, so I'm going to give you a few of them that's, that, that's, 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 that's against the Word of God, and that is immorality. We know that, right? That's adultery. That's homosexuality. That's pornography. That's lying. That's stealing. That's cheating. That's cursing. That's slander, and that's gossip. Those are some of the traps, uh, 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 traps of Satan. And, but that should not be in a believer's life. And then some, some things are more subtle. We think they, they may, that's all right, but they, if they're subtle, they become bigger, such as resentment. How many of we cannot allow resentment to set in our hearts? What about bitterness? We think, okay, that's there. No, we got to get rid of all that. That's just as bad as homosexuality. It's all against God's word. So we cannot allow to let let bitterness set in our hearts. And we always know that we are going to be hurt by somebody. We're going to be resented by somebody. But we cannot allow that to come into our lives. Amen. And the Bible said these things are going to happen to us as believers. Resentment, bitterness, envy. That's real subtle. Hatred. We are not allowed to hate anybody. Impure thoughts and attitudes and feelings. These are things that we think maybe not as, that's not as big as, as adultery, but they are still what God said, don't let it set in your life. Because bitterness can kill you too. Resentment can hurt you, being envious of somebody, being hating somebody, and all these things are traps of the enemy. So if you're bitter, well, it's okay if I be bitter. You know, no, it's not. The word of God says get rid of it. Don't allow Satan to tell you this all right because nobody knows that you were hurt. But if you were hurt, you get rid of that hurt. And you get rid of that hurt by maybe going to the person that hurt you. Or either get rid of that hurt by you praying and say, God, I would not allow bitterness to set in my heart. I would not allow Hatred is set in my heart. You got to get rid of that stuff. It's our choices. And as you begin to walk in love, begin to get rid of this stuff, it won't happen. But if you let it set in there, you're going to conceive it, you're going to receive it, and it's going to be a part of your life. If anybody leaves the church because of resentment, anybody leaves the church because you've been hurt or whatever it is, if you don't get rid of that stuff, you're going to take that stuff right to the next church with you. People don't know that. Whatever you, whatever you do, 
and leave bitter someplace, and even in a house, even in a marriage, if you have a bad marriage, and you leave that marriage all bitterness and hatred, when you go on the next thing, if you get married again, you're going to take some of that already with you. That's why God said, clean up, clean up the house, clean up, clean up your inside. This is our house, amen. This is what the temple of God. And in this temple, he said, I will not dwell in a, what, an unclean temple. So we got to keep our temple clean, right? It's like you got to keep, keep your house clean, not cluttered. How many know houses can get cluttered? Yeah. Amen. I know mine, because mine is cluttered already. Yeah. <laughs> mine is cluttered already because I had some, some movers to move in. <laughs> and that's how I say them, just move on in there. <laughs> I said, why don't you go home? They just move on in there. <laughs> and they got clothes everywhere. I won't name no names. <laughs> and I said, don't you dare bring nobody home to this house looking like this. I don't have my house. and clothes everywhere. Well, because they moved in. Now I've got to get rid of all that clutter and find some place to put that clutter. Remember saying, this is, the, this is the temple of God. We let all that clutter come in. People bring all kind of junk on us. People bring all stuff into our mouths, into our lives. And we just receive it. Get rid of that stuff. Don't allow anybody to make you have bitterness in your heart. Don't you allow to make anybody make you not love. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they can but when they do, it's our job to what? To get rid of those things. So I want to give you about nine purposes, or nine steps, I should say. They are steps that we already know. But to know something and not to do it is sin. Yes, to know to do what the word said, don't do is sin. So I'm going to give you some steps, and they're all simple steps. But it's because we have made choices that we are going to obey the word of God. And we have to remain strong believers because of the times that we are living in. Y'all may not believe me, but we are living in the last and evil days. And the body is being fought against. They are fighting against churches. They fight against all kinds of things. Whoever believes in God, there's a fight out there that they don't want you to make it. They try to put all kinds of laws against the churches. But we got to remain strong. And like Peter said, I'd rather serve God than man. They told people, don't lay hands on nobody else or hit anybody. He said, man, hey, I'd rather obey God than man. And I'm saying I'd rather obey God than man. So whatever man-made laws y'all make, if it doesn't align up with this word of God, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. Amen. Amen. So we got to make sure that we are doing, building ourselves up. Because if we don't build ourselves up, we're not be able to stand. He said, build yourself up in your most holy faith that you'll be able to stand in the last evil days. We've got to be able to stand and stand strong and still win other folks to Christ. Okay? So nine steps. Number one, real simple. You've got a purpose in your heart <laughs> to live pure and holy lives before God. That's a, that's a purpose. You've got to purpose that in your heart. You've got a purpose in your heart to live pure and holy before God. We know that Daniel 1 and 8 says, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portions of the meat that they wanted to be. If he had not purposed in his heart beforehand, when they told him, you have to do this, you can't, you can't, you have to eat this type of food, you can't eat your food. If he hadn't purposed in his heart, he would have just go, would have gone ahead and did what they wanted him to do. But he said, no, I can't touch y'all's food and your wine. No, that's not, that's not how I live. I, I, I don't eat that kind of food. I don't drink wine. But he had already purposed in his heart, I'm going to live holy. And so when he did not do what the king had wanted him to do, 
He just said, let me just do what I do and give me 10 days and see how I come out. You know what I'm saying? He was on that word. I'm going to believe God. He said on that word, able to eat. And he was 10, they say he was 10 times better than those who ate the king's food. But because he had purpose in his heart, so we have the purpose in our hearts how we are going to live. And some folks say, well, I can do the way I want to do it. Well, that's what you purpose in your heart. You're going to reap the results. So number one, you must put purpose in your heart to live holy. Many people fall into temptation because they never make a decision to live pure and holy before God. So if you don't make that decision, that's going to be your fault. And when Daniel made that decision, God gave him knowledge. He gave him wisdom. He gave him how to go in and out before the people. God gave him knowledge and wisdom. He was ten, ten times better than those that obeyed the king. How many know we're ten times better when we obey God than when we obey man? Amen. Number two, fill yourself with God's word daily. Fill yourself with God's word. I don't care how many times people say that. People do not read the word daily. Fill yourself with the word daily. Don't have somebody else filling you. You fill yourself with the word daily. That means you read the word of God how often? Every day. And sometimes more than one time a day. Fill yourself up. And you want to blame everybody else. You know, it's just like, I told somebody, I said, you know what? I'm going to tell all my business. I'm saying, we are pastors, teachers, leaders, believers. We are humans just like you are. We get hurt just like you get hurt. We get talked about just like you get talked about. We get lied on just like you get. But we can't go around and fall out of church. I ain't going to church no more. No, you got to push that thing out of your mind, get that thing right. We are human. We are saved just like you. We saved just like you are. We have feelings just like you have feelings. But when you get hurt, you get all out of sorts and one just fall out. Everybody talking about you and you don't come to church. I am going to come to church if you cuss me out. I'm still coming because I'm not serving you. I'm serving God. You got to get to that point that no matter how you're treated. And I tell you, just because I'm a pastor, I'll teach, don't mean I don't get hurt. There don't be people talking. I probably get more talked about than y'all do. But I am not going to let people bother me to make me lose my life with God. I'm going to see it, hear it, and get rid of it. I'm going to still serve God. As you do that, you say, well, God's just taking care of you. People just falling follow by the wayside. He's just taking care of you. Because you got yourself full of that word daily. Psalms 119. 119 verse 9. Isn't it just simple? Everyday teacher is just really simple, huh? I guess not. 119.9 says, how can a young man or a woman cleanse his way? That's a question. How can a young man or a woman cleanse his way? The answer says, by taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. If you don't know the word, if you can't hide it in your heart, you might be sinning against God. But he said, thy word, whatever you say, let me, let me not depart from your commandments. What do you have me do? Let me not depart. You won't know those commandments until you know it in the word, until you hear it preached to you. You read it for yourself. Oh, these are God's commandments. 
And I had to hide that word in my heart that I may not sin against God. That has been my scripture. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I won't sin against God. You got to know what, you, what, what the devil bring your way. Is it a sin or is it a fault? Whatever it is. He bring it your way. You might say, oh, ain't nothing wrong with that. But what does the word of God say? And if you don't know what the word of God says, you may be tempted or enticed to do something against the word of God. And that's all I'm saying, what, going against the word of God. We can't afford to go against his word. If he said it, he's standing by his word. 119 verse 130 says, the interest of your word gives what? Gives light. The interest of your word gives light. So we never read the word, we have no light. The interest of your word, that's 119 verses 130. The interest of your word, the word got to enter into your heart, got to enter into your mind that you can walk in the light. Amen? Amen. Go to John 8, 31. St. John 8 and 31. Eight thirty one says, this is Jesus speaking. He says, if you abide in my word, you are what? My disciples indeed. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you should know what? The truth and the truth shall what? Make you free. So we got to abide in his word, not the words of somebody else, not the words of the world, not the words of the government, not the words of the school, but abide in the words of God. And if you abide in his word, the truth shall make you free. God's word is like a light. When it comes in your life, it exposes darkness. I don't see how people get saved and still remain in darkness. Because the light is going to expose the darkness where you're going to get rid of that darkness in your life. Amen. So keep yourself in the word of God. Go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter 1. It says, I have a lot of time. I'll be able to finish this whole message. In the name of Jesus. I think people just need to know. I think believers just need to know. Why? You have a lot of Christians sitting in church don't know anything. You have a lot of Christians in church doing everything. And if they don't know, then they... Mm-hmm. Second Peter 1, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and what? Godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped, everybody escaped, the corruption that is in the world through lust. And corruption is in the world, right? But if you want to escape that corruption, you got to get into this word of God to know how to get out of that. Amen. That you won't be entangled with the, with the lust of the flesh and with the lust that Satan brings your way. Because he said, I've given you promises. And through these, you're going to be partakers of his divine nature. And that you can escape the corruption that is in the world today. There is, how many know there's corruption in the world? Amen. If you don't believe it, Turn your news on, put your media on. Uh, everything is flashing before our kids today. There's nothing sacred. Amen. There's nothing hidden. When my kids and my grandkids lay up in the bed and turn them phones on, and I'm hearing all this customer, what y'all looking at? What y'all listening to? What, what, what's that? What's on TV? Nothing is sacred. Open sex on TV. Nothing is hidden. 
And all this stuff is going on before our kids, before everything. And if they don't know it's wrong, always just excited me if they just laugh. <laughs> Look, they said, close your eyes, Grandma. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling everything, huh? They think I'm watching our king. And they tell me, close your eyes. I'm just talking about, ooh. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. I said, y'all don't turn that stuff off. That is not for your eyes either. It's not right. But I'm just saying, all this corruption is in the world. And our kids are seeing all this corruption, and they think it's okay. Because everybody's doing it. But it's not okay, young folks. They get into your spirit. Hallelujah. So when you fill your heart and mind with God's word, then when temptation comes, his word will rise up inside of your spirit. It is written, sin has no dominion over me. It is written, I will flee youthful lust. So the word's not in you, don't have anything to resist with. You have to flee. You have to just, okay, it's okay. You know, everybody else is doing it, but you can't do what everybody else is doing. If you, want to have what, if you want to have what God wants for you, you have to do what God wants you to do. Yes. You can't do what everybody else is doing because I, I, I would like for you guys to take a survey and see what everybody else is doing and see how their lives are going. Yes. You know, right. you, need to, you need to check things out. You know, you see people just, I don't want to, you know, do all that. But anyway, you got to look at people and see how their lives are going, yes. how they're living. Uh-huh. And what they're doing is not helping them to do anything right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah? Uh-huh. And you, can, you just can't follow that, that same pathway. It is true. I don't care if y'all don't say amen. I know it's true. It is. It really is. Number three, pray the Lord's Prayer. And pray in the spirit and in your understanding every day. The Lord's prayer and in your spirit and in your understanding every day. Matthew 6, 13. It says that do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from what? From evil. You can just pray that prayer. When it comes, do not lead us into temptation. Lord, don't lead me. Lord, don't lead me to that temptation. When you teach your kids or when you teach adults, you know that word is working. You know they listen to that word. I, I know uh, the weather has been bad. And this is why I know God, the word God works. The weather has been bad all week. Roads have been closed all week. Snow has been going on. And Milan had to go to Riverside. And everything was closed. He tried to get back there for practice. Everything was closed. 99, 58, 178, but he decided to go anyway around Lake Isabella Way, whatever that is, 178. I, I, I don't think you know, that's bad up there. So he went, and God ready to get on, I guess, 14, I don't know where he was, on 14, and everything was closed up there. And they had a set in the, um, as he was going, he said it was snowing. While he was going, they just followed him, and he said, Grandma, one thing I did, I, 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 I spoke to that snow. Until that snow to stop snowing. <laughs> he said it stopped. 
So, you know, your kids have to have that word in them when they're in dangerous situations and they don't know what else to do. The word of God would always work if you want it to work. So he said, I just expect snow. But he had to sit on the highway for five hours in the snow in the, where they couldn't go. And once he got there to go, they said, you can't go because you don't have any chains on your tire. He had to turn around and come back home. I told him to go. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, we got to teach this thing so our kids will know that the word of God is real. Because they are going to not always be with the parents. They're going to be in some bad situations. But I got to know, I, I, just because my friends over here, I, I can't do that. Y'all take me home. Get, let me out the car. They have to know what they should be involved, what they shouldn't be involved in. They got to know the word of God. If you can't handle it, but help me, Lord. You know, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't go that way, Lord. Get me out of here. There's power in their words because they've been taught the right way. And if you, if, as we as believers, if we don't teach our kids, we always talk about, well, y'all don't mean to talk about sin. We do need to talk about sin. We got, we've gotten scared of this thing. People, people try to put all kinds of stuff in the church. Y'all talk about this. We need to talk about it so people would know. And our kids need to know so when they're in a bad situation, they know how to get out of them. Because, you know, I, I look at this and I, and I see how they are attacking the churches. And I, I don't know if you've been watching TV. Maybe I watch it too much. This hate stuff is just going on. I mentioned this to the ministers. Back east, this will be in the last days. Here you have people walking down the street, hitting and stabbing the Jews against the religion. Taking their kids, going in the synagogues, stabbing people in church. So we are living in the last days. So we got to know how to even cover ourselves in our churches. We cannot be afraid to come to church, but when we get, we got to cover ourselves when we're in the church. We got more power in us than they have out there in them. So this, these things are happening because people's minds are bad, and it's, I don't know, it's a hate crime against churches, against believers, against Christians. But it's okay. God got us covered. But I'm just saying what we're living in the last days, you guys. Did I give you a scripture? Matthew 6 said, and do, not leave, and, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from, evil, from the evil one. Jude 20 says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I remember this scripture from Pastor Ted, and I have taken this scripture and stood on this scripture when I was down and out and didn't know what to do. He said, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I pray in the Holy Ghost more than anything else I do. You got to pray in the Holy Ghost to build that inside man up. Praying in the Holy Ghost every day, all day long. In situations, you got to pray in the Holy Ghost because what you're doing, you're building your inside man up. You're building that spirit man up. So you got to pray in the Holy Ghost, and that spirit man must become stronger than his outward man. Amen? So you got to pray in the Holy Ghost every day. That's Jude 20. But you beloved, we all beloved, amen? But you beloved, building up yourselves Upon your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit every day, all day long. We got to do that. Matthew 26 and 40, Jesus said, what? Could you not watch with me for one hour? Believers, can we not pray for one hour daily? He asked his disciples, could you not pray with me for one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into what? Temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So the flesh is a no good thing and it's weak. 
So whatever temptation come your way, if your spirit man is not strong, you're going to yield to temptation. But if your spirit man is strong, you're going to be able to stand. Because you've been praying the Holy Ghost every day, all day long, and your spirit man is outweighing your natural man. And when things come your way, you can, this, this flesh is ready to do whatever the devil say do, but your spirit man said, not here. Not so, because you have the spirit in you, and it's stronger than that that's in the world. So, but you won't have that if you don't pray in the Holy Ghost every day. That's why we say receive the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and pray in the Holy Ghost every day. And pray every day. Jude 24 says contain. I mean, Jude 24 contains one of the most powerful promises of escaping temptation. That's Jude 24. That's how you can resist temptation. Pray in the Holy Ghost every day. Amen. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling. Who is that? Jesus. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and from stumbling and to present you faultless. Before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So that's Jesus. So you got to pray in that he's able to keep us. When you, when, you, when you get in a tough time, he's able to keep you. He's able to tell you what to do, where to go, what, how, how, to, how to go. Amen? As you pray, God will supernaturally redirect your pathway to avoid Satan's attraction, which are fatal. His attractions are fatal. What does fatal mean? Deadly. They will kill you. But the Holy Spirit is supernaturally, God, how many of you want the supernatural? We always talk about the supernatural, but that's supernatural for God to redirect your pathway. Don't go this way, go over here. Why? Because your spirit man is telling you what to do. Danger's over here, so don't you go there. You go this way. As you obey that voice, you're out of trouble. He can see temptation before we can, right? But we got to have ourselves all wired up. Everybody come all wired up. You know? The world is all wired up. They're crazy out there. But God said, I can redirect you supernaturally. So how many of you want that kind of power? Amen, 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 amen. Number four, avoid every appearance of evil. Avoid every appearance of evil. You know, sometimes we're quick to run to evil. I was in the uh, mortuary. I'm really on this thing today, huh? I visited Sister Carla. And I was in the mortuary the other day. And this mother was just in there screaming, just yelling, just crying, just weeping. And they came and said, Pastor, would you come and pray for this lady? She's in the room by herself. And I walked in there and hear her two sons, twins, they got shot right around here someplace by the by mortuary. Shot, laying there, two twin boys. And she was like, whew, I think they were under 30. They came from Texas to help me. I've been sick. They took me to the doctor. They gave me my medicine. And my boys, my boys are here, laying here. They got shot. And I prayed for her and prayed for her, and she was hurt. And you know that's a hurt, but then you got to bear. They came to the world together. They're going out together. Here they are. And she was just, oh. And I was praying for her. So, Lord, give us strength, help her. So, pray for her and got her okay right there. But can you imagine how evil the world is? Mm. My heart is just hurt. Because I know there's greater works for us to do. I know even if we can be every place, our prayers can be there. Our words can be there to comfort people. Oh, Jesus. 
This word of God is real. And it's real to the believer. The believers, you don't have to go through what the world is going through. If we take God at his word, this word is so true. It will guide us in all directions that we need to go. But we got to take him at his word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. To see people hurting when there's a better way. Number four says, avoid every appearance of evil. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all appearance of evil. If it, if, even if it looks evil, stay away from it. If it looks evil, that's the word of God. Don't go to it. Oh, people say, oh, it won't hurt me at this one time. He says, stay, stay away from it because God knows what it would do. In the Amplified, it says, abstain from evil shrink from it and keep aloof from it in whatever form of whatever kind it may be, whatever kind of evil it is. If it's evil, stay don't even try to don't even try to try to be the big boys or try to be macho or whatever. He says stay away from it. If you have a problem with alcohol, don't show up at the bar saying, Lord deliver me from the, this temptation. Stay away from it. If that's your weakness. If you have a drug habit, don't go back to your old buddies and say, I would like to witness to you. Right. <laughs> you know, that happens sometimes. We don't teach our young people when they, when they get saved. You're not ready to go witness yet. Right. You're not fully delivered yet. You got to go get your own self strong and get be, that, that you can go. But if you want to witness to him, say, I would will, I will like to witness to you. Well, we'll take another setting or go, go, go to church and witness to him. Call him, call him to you. But you don't go put yourself in that same place. We got to teach our young people that you, you know, you're strong, whatever. But you <sighs> shun evil. If you want to live pure and holy, make a decision to avoid everything that arouses wrong desires. If you want to live pure and holy, make a decision to avoid everything that arouses wrong desires. And I have a testimony that I, I, I'm sure y'all tired of it. I mean, I do because this thing is so true. The word of God is so true. If you want to live pure and holy, that's if you want to live. Everybody want to live pure and holy. But if, you want, if that's your desire to live pure and holy, then you've got to make the decision to avoid. So I, I had a desire to live pure and holy when Pastor Ted passed away. I was a young lady when he passed away. But I knew if I wanted to live pure and holy, I couldn't be around Thing that aroused me, okay? So I decided I won't even date because I know what dating leads to. But my desire was to live pure and holy because I know the word of God works. So you have to have that desire within your own self to do what's right. And then God will help you. If he sees in your heart where you want to be kept, he will help to keep you. But you have to have those desires in your own heart that you want to live pure, that you want to do right. With so much stuff happening in the world, trying to entice our young ladies and our young men, you're young. No, you don't need all of that. You can, be just, you can be just as happy as ever with doing the right thing. You can be just as happy and, and, and just as carefree as you want to be by not getting entangled with the yoke of bondage. 
Once you get entangled in all that stuff, you're going to be all tied up. Hallelujah, Jesus. So we want to make sure we keep ourselves, amen? Number five, keep your entire focus on Jesus Christ. Keep your entire focus on Jesus Christ. When you love Jesus and all your focus and desires are on him, then there is no room for any other desires. If you love the Lord, you will hate evil. Proverbs 8.13. The fear of the Lord is, is to hate evil. You will never run from what you don't hate. So you got to hate evil so you can run from it. Number six, humble yourself unto the Lord. Humble yourself unto the Lord. First Peter 5, 6 says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. God can exalt you over and above the temptations, obstacles, and problems that are thrown in your face. So whatever comes your way, God can exalt you out of that. Remember, pride opens the door to sin. So don't walk in pride. It opens the door to sin. It was pride in Lucifer's heart that caused him to fall. Uh, we know that in Isaiah, 1, in Isaiah 14, verse 13 and 14, Pride into his heart. He says, I will ascend myself into heaven. So don't try to be hiding what you are. I will ascend myself into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation of the further side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Satan wanted to be real high. Didn't humble himself, but you can you humble yourself and let God do exaltation. I always say, you know, you might you might know that you're good, you might know that you're pretty, but don't you always say it? Let somebody just say it about you. So you know you don't go around, oh I'm this, I'm that. No, you may know that. <laughs> but you let somebody else give the compliment to you, okay? So you, that you can keep your pride down. So you don't want to be all I'm this and I'm that and you fall flat on your face, you know. So that's how Satan was. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I I I. So he wants to re- remain humble before him and let other people uh, uh exalt you. Let other people say whatever they want to say, nice things about you, but don't you go around and say, Honey, I can I preach everybody in this church girl, I can just roll, I can make them happy, I can make them shout. He said, Humble yourself and and just do what God will have you to do. Amen. First Peter 5, 5 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So he resists you being proud, okay? To humble yourself means to admit you need the Lord. You are dependent upon him, and without him you can do nothing. That's when you humble yourself. Well, I can't do anything, this thing without him. So whatever we do, we need him. So that means, so some people get a high mind, I can do this. God can just wake up in the morning and do this. No, you just humble yourself and let God use you, amen? Number seven, I'm about to get through. Number seven, I may not be able to finish the last two. Number seven, cast your cares upon the Lord. First Peter 5 and 7 says, casting all your care upon him, he, he cares for you. Cast all your worries, all your stress, all your fears upon him. Not you carrying that stuff on yourself. You carrying all this stress, all this, don't do it. Cast it on him and leave it there. Uh, Revelation 21 and 8 says, but the fearful and unbelieving, just write the scripture down, Re- Revelation 21 8, but the fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with 
fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Okay, so you got the, those things that's in the word of God. God wants you to be free of fear. He wants to put inside of you an absolute confidence of his willingness to provide for everything you need. You got to have confidence that God will provide for everything that you need. Putting your trust in him. Mark 4.19. Jesus said, the cares of this world will literally destroy the power of the word of God. The cares of this world will literally destroy the power of the word of God. So if you let all that stress and stuff get in you, you're going to destroy the word of God in your life. So get rid of stress, get rid of worry, get rid of all that stuff that's going to make you feel down and out. Get rid of bitterness, get rid of all that stuff and have confidence in God that whatever I need, you are able to bring me through and to help me through everything that I go through. Amen? So your armor and weapons won't work if they are not effective. You can put on armor all the time. They won't work if, they, if, if, they, if you're full of stress and worry, okay? But when you are filled with peace and joy, every weapon God has given you will work at full strength in resisting temptation and fatal attraction. So you got to keep your peace. You got to keep your joy. So because when you're stressed and worried, you just uh, praying and praying, and, and then when it, when, it, when it doesn't happen, you go you into more stress. He said, get rid of stress, and just know that when you pray to me and all that stress, I'm going to help you out of whatever situation you're in. Keep your joy. Keep your peace. Keep praising God. Keep magnifying God. And that's when God is working in your life, because I'm, I'm overlooking stress. I'm overcoming stress. I have no fear. Even though I, I, I can't have fear, but I'm going to resist it by praising God. As you do that, you keep your joy. You keep your peace. I'm going to praise your Father and in spite of everything else, I may be feeling bad today, I may be sick today, but I'm going to give you glory, I'm going to praise your name. I may have a headache today, but I'm going to still praise your name. I may be full of stress today, I've been through all this stuff with these kids, but I'm going to praise your name. And you got to keep your joy and keep your peace because God said with that, I am working out everything on your behalf because you're trusted in me. So we got to trust in him. So when things are, uh, seem like they're just so bad, so low, you can't make it, just close the door, put everything away, and begin to praise God. God, I thank you, Father God. I thank you for my peace, for my joy, for my family. Begin to praise and magnify God, and that's what he wants us to do, that you can make sure that I'm dependent on you. And whatever I need, I know you have it for me. Is that good? Amen. Do I need to stop here? I think i got a couple more to go, but I need to stop. <laughs> And the church said, amen. amen. <laughs> I'm going to skip that page. I want to go to this page. I'll just stop. I'll just stop. Maybe Pastor Basie gave me another chance. And I finished it. I don't want to rush to this part, okay? So I'm just, I'm just going to stop. And I think I've given you enough. But I hope I've given you enough to even just digest. And the main thing I want you to recognize the time that we're living in and how to handle what we're living in so uh, that we can be greater in the kingdom of God. How many know it's great work for us to do? Great work for us to do. So that's what we want to do. So I want uh, every head bow at this time. <laughs>